0: Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Saro, TV host on Extra, Mindset and Media Strategist, Speaker and Author on Gratitude, and I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this unapologetically authentic and soul-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, and fulfillment. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm really excited to unpack the mindset of my next guest. This is a man named Scott Martin, who is a serial entrepreneur and badass marketing executive strategist, you name it, of over 25 years in digital, direct, social content production, and so much more. He is going to give us some nuggets of the importance of building a community, the importance of having patience, the importance of thinking long-term and really nurturing the seeds that you plant and fostering a personalized one-on-one relationship where you think bigger as if you're 10 years out in your, let's say, startup business, or let's say you're the next phase, but you operate with very strategic steps that you're really outside the box. And it gives some of those hacks in this conversation. But what I, I love about The fact that we're calling it mindful is that everything that Scott does really comes from his heart. He's a service based entrepreneur. And I get the chills when I say that. That's how I always know it's the truth because he comes from a place of adding value and give, 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 give ask, Give, 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 give. give, ask. I mean, it's really remarkable. And we share so many of our favorite mentors in common. Well, I know one of our shared mentors is Tony Robbins. In fact, he's currently a platinum partner with the Tony Robbins family, but that's not how we met. Although we did get to meet in person at a recent Unleash the Power Within in Los Angeles and his fiance, his beautiful fiance, Jill, actually was just in one of my masterminds. And so it was such a treat to get to meet him and her in person, because all of that is done online. But when it dawned on me that, wow, wait, we connected almost a year ago, because I had a guest on my podcast named Jeremy Jensen, who has a killer podcast called the Adventurepreneur Playbook Podcast, that's just really just soared to new heights. And he was having epic guests on, he always does. And Scott Martin was a guest on his podcast because Scott Martin is all about, you know, surfing and skiing and really cool adventure stuff. By the way, yoga. I mean, it's, just, it's it's very holistic. Anyway, and then Scott's built up these amazing communities in social media, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. He shares some of that here in this conversation. I mean, he's got over 30 groups with an average of anywhere from five to 30,000 people per group solely to give. And so we talked about how do you monetize that? And he's like, monetization? Well, let's talk about what that really even means. And you'll love his answer. And that's why I love the heart of this guy. So if you're a startup entrepreneur, or if you're seasoned and you want to take it to the next level, this is a guy to follow. And you want to make sure that you stay tuned to his podcast that, by the way, has recently launched called the Groundswell Marketing Podcast, where he shares insights from top industry leaders that helps marketers and entrepreneurs navigate the future. And my favorite part helps them build sustainable programs that are positively impacting the world. So he always says, well, what, what am I business growth hacker or ambitiously lazy? <laughs> and he says, I simply see my role as finding ways to work smarter. How much do we love that? Absolutely. He's got a reputation for striking a middle ground between leading edge marketing innovation with traditional proven approaches. Simply put, he makes sensible, informed and forward thinking decisions. So he's worked with very well-known national and international brands, including WestJet, Sears, Travel Alberta, Best Buy, Future Shop, Canadian Tire, Hudson Bay Company, tons of hotels, a lot of high end tourism companies, including Saskatchewan. There's so many cool things this guy has done. He's owned several businesses. He sold his agency after 10 years, being in the role of CEO and managing partner. And they worked with all these, again, top tier brands. And he is truly about work life balance. It's important. He loves the outdoors, especially loves being in the ocean and backcountry. He's got some awesome sc- heli and, call it something else, cat ski trips. Oh, you guys would probably know this more than I would. Things that it would scare the heck out of me, but hey, he does it. He's just cool. He applies his creative and marketing background in sharing his passion for surfing and snowboarding using non traditional channels such as blogging, social media, and visual content marketing that is so aesthetically stunning. So, we'll put some links up to some of his Facebook group pages, especially surf art, which is just so beautiful. It's like going to an art gallery, you can just get lost in some of this art. Remember, all of this comes from a service mindset. And because of that, this man has made an incredible living. He's got abundance beyond. He's able to travel the world with Tony Robbins and does what he loves to do, which is to serve, to give, to grow, and to help us build our businesses even more. So I am completely honored to have Scott Martin on the podcast. Definitely check out the show links because I want you guys to get a, a better sense of him. You can get an interview of how things started with him, get a sense of his podcast, and some of the cool groups that you can just join. Anyway, without further ado, please enjoy this really fun conversation with Mr. Mindful Marketing. Here we go. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh my God. Scott Martin's in the house. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: So okay, excited. wait, hold on. I got to let everyone know though, in real time, we were just chatting for like the last 30 minutes because we're so excited about this conversation and like our minds are just like, ah, let's collaborate here and there and there. And then you just said, wait, there's something I could share that's really vulnerable. Let's just start there. Well, no. I was
1: saying. I say once we <laughs> get into it, I, would, I could say something vulnerable. I'll oh, just say okay, it. But, but I'll say it anyway. So okay. I was just saying, like for me, the, the things that I'm doing right now, like including, like I'm writing my book and launching my podcast, I should have done it years ago. Mm. And now that I'm doing it, I'm like, what was holding me back?
0: What was and it? And I think
1: I think it was the the what do they call imposter syndrome? Oh, totally. You know where you and yet here I am, 25 years in marketing. And I feel like I'm an imposter. Like that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I've worked with the largest brands, Best Buy, Future Shop, WestJet, Canadian wow. Tire, you know, and, and many different brands. Yeah. Working with largest agencies, Mercedes, Benz Nike stuff, and and yet I feel like somehow I didn't have something to offer. And what's really come to me is like working through 20 Robbins and just even seeing your journey and stuff is like being your true self and realizing that there's a lane for you no matter what. And you're, there's that. an audience for you no matter what. So, okay, so
0: that's like a mic drop, right? As we start this, this conversation. And I love it. There is no competition when we are forging our own lane. And you're right. When we are our true selves, then... Everything that we're creating is just real and I think in an alignment. But being vulnerable, like what you just said, you're putting yourself out there for the first time instead of this umbrella of how you can market others. And now you're wanting to serve others in a more meaningful way, more mindful way. But it's you putting yourself out there like, listen, I've got the goods. There's going to be new stuff, you know, cutting edge stuff. This is where we're headed. And that that does take some some cojones. And I think it's well, amazing because we need, we need it.
1: I think also it's because I had 12 years of having a film production company filming, mm. you know, heli skiing, cat skiing, stuff like that. But I've always been behind lens producing, looking out, never really comfortable with myself, you know? And, the, and when I went to Gary Vaynerchuk's 4D program, he was just going, he just said to, to me under this topic, because I brought this up ironically, and he's like, you just need to record everything, but it doesn't mean you need to share it. And I was like, oh, so I've actually been recording myself but I've never shared any of it. Right. It was just just the journey. He goes, you'll feel more, you might go back to it. You might feel more comfortable later once you transformed because you'll want to have something to point to because people relate to you. If you've already succeeded, how can they relate to you? So think of a body transformation. If you're like super ripped and you didn't record yourself when you were, you know, a hundred pounds heavier, how can someone relate to you? Your impact, if that's something you're going to do is is kind of gone, it's an asset. So that was his rationale. And so for me, that's something I've been working through a little bit. Is just kind of like, even though when it comes to the camera, because I know that you're doing the live video stuff, and I think that's a really amazing process you put some through. I mean, I think I really need to go through to a certain degree. I'm comfortable with podcasts. I'm not <laughs> as comfortable with my camera on me and stuff. I'm comfortable with you know public speaking. I'm strangely enough writing. So all you can
0: kind of- go on a brick and mortar stage and do a public speech. Uh, but I, no. when someone puts a camera in your face, you get a little intimidated.
1: Not, no, because I've been, I've been filmed. It's more when I, if no, I, if I film myself. in your
0: face, when you're in front of the camera.
1: Yeah, but only when I film myself. I can't yeah. even explain, like, oh. Because I worked for another film production company and they have the camera people there and I'm talking, I'm good. But if I'm holding the camera myself, I,
0: understand.
1: Doing that, I don't know why, but I just have this total block. I don't know so why. let
0: me tell you something. So when I did my very first Facebook Live, it was actually February 14th in 2018. So it was just a little more than a year ago. That was my first Facebook Live. Before that, I had logged almost 4,000 hours of live TV on every major platform across America. So you would think I'd be really comfortable on camera. My first challenge because my friend Nicole challenged me to 30 days of Facebook lives in a row. I mean, I shook and sweated down my back and second guessed myself and would cry and try to get the perfect angle and the perfect lighting. And what am I going to say for at least the first two weeks here? I had all that experience with the camera on me, but you're right. The moment that I had to put that phone in my hand and say, this is me to my personal network and feed, it was a whole nother thing. And then to your point, of the transformation is everything, once I got on the other side of it, I couldn't even relate to the person who used to be uncomfortable or was out of my comfort zone. So, when are you going to get started with your Facebook Live challenge?
1: I think I'm going to <laughs> think I'm, I'm, I'm join your Facebook Live challenge to work through that. Like to me, it's like yes. it's it's part of it is a little bit of judgy sort of yes. mindset, and, and what it is is I see see people on social media all the time going. Hey, you know, look at me and, and doing this. And it's like, what I don't want to come off as being that, you know, what I do want to do is, is focus on value. And that's probably my, it's just my hang up. That's all it is. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And
0: when you know that you're there to serve instead of, you know, it be about you, that little shift in a mindset is going to liberate you right. because others, you probably can sniff out like the BS, right? Like it's pure sales. It's pure marketing. Like this is not authentic, right? You can smell it. And so, but if you get on and you just you want to share value, then the right people will magnetize to it, and the ones who don't let them go because it it makes more space for the ones who do.
1: Totally. In fact, that is the one thing that's come across on your when I listen to your podcast. I'm top of your energy, which is like you so awesome. Out. I love that you listen.
0: You're my but new best like, friend.
1: <laughs> and I love sharing your stuff. And then we can talk about that. I know it's
0: amazing.
1: It's, but the one thing that comes through, and I think that makes sense for me when we say that, is in your in what you do is like a saying I heard. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. So it's like, if you really focus on that first, then people listen to your message. And I think marketing's lost its way because it's so focused on using language like funnels and traps and things like enslavement. It's not really about caring. And that's for my whole journey that I'm focused on a little bit of just some research around mindful marketing, which is really trying to look at marketing from a different angle. I mean, I really like to think that I want to, transform the whole marketing industry into even thinking how it develops creative and yes. have a more of a conscious approach like having good intent I mean that sounds like people go I think most marketers int- intentionally want to be helpful but I think what most markets don't understand is they're changing agents If you're going to make if anyone even your video people that are you know, people that are doing videos, what they need to understand is that whatever they're trying to sell is you you're trying to change behavior that's what you're doing so if you're trying to change behavior how do you change behavior? Well, you can't get him. you first have to get someone to listen to you, right? Like, how do I change my kid's behavior? Well, you know, the, I care about them, but that's, you know, that's somebody that's really, really close to you, right? So yeah. imagine somebody that doesn't know you or doesn't have that level of trust, like, so you really need to be able to think, think about that.
0: Well, what do you think the answer is? I have an idea of what I, th- what I know has worked for me, but what do you think it is?
1: The answer to what? Like, what's
0: to the- how do you get people to change something that's disrupting patterns or the ways that they've been?
1: Yeah. I think when you're committed to serving them instead of selling to them, I think you, what caught my attention was that your, I loved your quote that I found uh, that was upsell, upserve, not an upsell. Yes. And I a hundred percent, I think, I don't remember what I called it, but it's the same thing. It's really focusing on how this benefits them and how you bring value. So yes. There's this um, analogy that I've is looking at, at trends in nature and how that could affect marketing. Because I think this, it's, it's all the universe is, com- is connected and combined. You know, and like, look at how you attract hummingbirds. You leave something in the forest. It's bright. It's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. You, you try to make it attractive. It smells good. And when they get there, it's gold. It's like better than flowers because it's so sweet and wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what I think marketing needs to be. Is about bringing extreme value. And you don't need to yell. It's not about push; it's pull, right? And totally. that's where I think that this, with the course you're doing, or with marketers and their messaging, is if they if they're so focused on how can I reach 100 people, what's the next hack, and I'm like these little short term tactics, they have no depth. Even if you have an audience of one, and that's when you're asking me for like like before we had a conversation, I'm sorry, we're kind of skipping over a conversation we had before, which is how am I monetizing these communities I'm building? And for me, it's not that I'm focused on monetizing it specifically; I'm just looking at being a person of value and being a yeah. person of extreme value.
0: And let's talk about some of those communities because I want to give my listeners perspective. How many communities do you have and across which platforms and let's talk about the size of them, right? So you can't see him right now because I'm not on video yet guys uh, with this podcast although it eventually is coming. But I can see Scott and he's smiling. Oh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> oh,
1: man. It's like because like, like, like I get so much harassment from my fiance about how much uh, how many different like are you doing another community? I probably <laughs> have Like legitimately, I probably have ones that are solid, probably about 30 communities. I have more, but they're kind of just ones. that are little 30
0: communities. And what is the average size of these communities?
1: 5,000.
0: And you have some that are like 30,000, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Right. So most, I really have like about 10 that I'm really kind of focused on.
0: Okay. And what are the genres?
1: Well, they're ones that I'm interested in. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that people would be focused on is like, I, maybe, tell you, maybe I'll tell you the story of how I even started communities. I, I fell into it, okay? And did
0: you start so, it on Facebook or did you start it somewhere else?
1: Oh, I'm everywhere. So I know you're
0: everywhere, but where did you start?
1: I started everywhere. You did? Of course. Okay. okay. So, so it's a little bit of backstory. So back when I was running my company, I was CEO of my own company for 10 years of uh, agency and a marketing uh, agency. A marketing agency called Street Trick Marketing Group. And I was kind of a CEO and I was kind of, I wasn't really marketing anymore. I was losing my passion for marketing. And one winter I went out was doing this thing called cat skiing, which for people that don't know cat skiing, it's very much like Ellie skiing, backcountry skiing. Imagine having an entire ski hill with you and 12 people and two guides. Jeez. And I did this and I blew my mind. I'm like so freaking pumped, right? I'm like, oh my God, like so much powder. And I was like, at that exact same time, like I remember that New Year's when I came back, was this thing coming up? Going, there's this thing called Facebook, right? <laughs> and it, literally at the same time, I'm not even lying. It's like exact the same time, and and I'm like, this social media thing. I need to get myself onto this. I need to understand this because as CEO, I'm like, this is a. I think this is gonna be a new trend. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to blog, and I'm going to learn how to. Be on Facebook and be on Twitter, and the cup that was only a couple, you know, channels at the time. But uh, because I was cat skiing, I started becoming a rabid customer and going casking like I did twenty times that season. Wow. I Took pictures of myself and was blogging like this is the best thing in the world, right? That's how I started building community because I was basically I wasn't expecting anything back. I didn't care. I was actually not even trying to get an audience. I was just trying to I was just trying to figure out these. Like I like just experimenting with these systems and then started creating a huge audience. People are like, Oh my gosh, these pictures are amazing. Like this is incredible. Right? Mm-hmm. So what I was doing was I started with doing that. And what happened was that people in the industry started taking notice. And one of the first, one of my first clients goes, well, you're up here all the time. What do you do? And I go, I do marketing. And it's like, well, how about we exchange marketing for a Well, I monetize it. There you go. Right there. So I, I, that was just one first, my first example. I'm giving you to, to, to have listeners listen and go, when you do something of value and you do it from a pure heart and you're just trying to like share what you love, yep. what happens? What shows up? And I'm like, that came to me. I didn't, I didn't go to that. And so I just capitalized on it. I did, I moved forward. And I think that's yeah. the other thing is people need to not just do stuff of value. You need to also jump at opportunities, say yes more to stuff. Even if you're not comfortable at the time I was Especially comfortable when you're not comfortable. Yeah, in that case, it was fine for me because I'm, I'm, you know, an ASAP marketing. So I was like, perfect, you know, let's do this and get lots of, so I got tons of skiing and another cat skiing operation picked it up. Next thing I did, three or four. So I was like, okay, so I've got like three or four cat skiing companies. I'm helping with their stuff. I'm like, what if I marketed, and this is where the real community came in. What if I made it easy? I'm ambitiously lazy. What if I marketed all of them? So I'm like, I created a banner community called Cat Skiing Canada. And so I did that. So what I did was I just basically started going, well, how can I channel all this audience attention in one place and then I can reroute it to all the different businesses? And then what I did is at the time there's other channels were coming up, and I just duplicated and created different, you know, from blogging to Twitter to Reddit to wherever. I just kept them creating videos, and that's what gave life to my my video production company. And that's how I built the communities. So from there, really, it's like, that's how I became the largest feed and sort of probably the biggest influencer in backcountry heli skiing. Me and Powder Matt, who's going to be a guest on my show, he's the biggest influencer. Me and him are going to probably talk about this topic a lot. Um, that's how we met. You know, it's afforded me to have thousands and thousands of dollars of free backcountry skiing over the years. Plus, it got me, ex- exposed me to beginning the film production. I didn't know anything about it. And I started film producing my own stuff. And it's just like, talk about monetizing. The amount of things I could explain that's brought this to me, but all I did this whole time was do it for free because I loved it. Right. So that's the first community.
0: And I, that was what, about 11 years ago?
1: Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah, probably more than, a little more than that. And then yeah. I remember one of my, my film partner, um, Colleen, I said to her, I go, we're going to go into heli-skiing. Heli-skiing is a big step up is way more expensive the filming per hour I mean you're talking instead of doing a thousand dollars a day you're talking like 15 to 1800 sometimes you know it depends so it's like it's harder to get in it's like less room it's you know it's it's the next level what I did was I just I didn't have any Heli skiing content because I was not heliskiing but what I did have was an idea so I just basically started skiing Canada I started sharing their content under Skiing Canada because they've already seen what I did in cat skiing I was able to migrate tribe I was able to create a bit of trust in sort of some level of sort of certainty that I knew that I was doing here and I got momentum and I got there so much faster by, I mean, fraction. I was just like done. I was already doing helisking filming. It was, it was amazing. So, you know, and you and did so, that
0: by adding value to the umbrella that was already there.
1: Yeah. Well, I, basically I created an umbrella called helisking Canada, but what I did was I shared the heliskiing operators sort of content, if you will. Does that make sense? Got so, just, so they're trying to sell seats. They're going, you know, here's our lodge. Here's the snow. I was just sharing going, Hey, this, this is what they're doing.
0: Ah, so, that's the distinction. Okay. So you were sharing their content, kind of like how you share my content. Like every time I launch a podcast, I'm like, there's seven shares from all coming from Scott. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> Under okay, different well, umbrellas. Like, I'll get, to, I'll get yes. to that in a second. So I'm going to show you a little bit of linkage on how okay, I got there. Cool. Cause I think anyone else could, if you follow along, with what I'm saying is with whatever you're doing, and you want to build a community, if you're in business or you're trying to build a community it's not something you're passionate about, you're going to fail. Right. I'm sorry. I'm, that's my opinion. It's probably black and white. I'm sorry to be that black and white. But it will. The reason being is that you won't go through the extra lengths of caring and loving that content or the people and stuff because it'll come through. Your passion will come through. And if you're doing video with Michelle, it'll shine through. It'll not show up. And if you do, it'll totally show up. It'll be That's right. It'll accelerate yeah. and you'll totally see a lot of success. But you cannot be disappointed because people aren't showing up right away. Trust me. And I can tell you mm. the, the people were not showing up for a lot of my stuff for a long time.
0: And what, what does did, a long time mean? Cause people 10, 11, 12 years ago, a long time was very different than 2019. A long time for people feels like eight minutes. It's ridiculous, right?
1: I know the, the patience that it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's incredible. So it is accelerating, but yeah, I'll, I'll kind of give some examples of that. So in terms of like the next audience, like, I love surfing. So, you know, I started a surfing Canada surfing eco feed and I just made it, it just exploded very quickly. It was no problem. But each of those like that was, and that was just cause I was trying to create a parallel feed. And I just, I just introduced the people cause I figured the people in snowboarding and casking like surfing. And I was right. They were, they were connected. That was the thing is, is that was that way I was able to grow into the community. Now I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. people to get in the community business, I was just doing experiments, mm-hmm. but the real experiment that came in for me that I think applies to, to people that are trying to figure out how they can build a tribe or community is I started one called surf art and I did it going, how can I produce a content community without producing a single piece of content Ooh. A bit like the heli one. Right. But this time I legitimately like with the heli I kind of like sort of showed off what I did in cat skiing, So I kind of, it was already a known audience. This is a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I actually went and found really cool surf art and I shared it. And I was like, oh my, this piece is amazing. And trust me for the first, like, I don't know, maybe three months, I didn't get a lot of pickup. Like nobody was really responding. Some of the artists were like, Hey, thanks. But they weren't even following me. And then I just kept doing it consistently. And that's yep. probably the biggest message I can give to anybody is if you're committed to excellence, you're committed to doing this consistently, regardless of the evidence that you got results there. You need to factor forward and trust that the people that are telling you, if you follow through with what you're trying to do and you do it consistent, just like when someone tells me, because I'm on a big workout path right now to lose a lot of weight, I have to trust that I'm going to lose weight down the road. It's not going to show up for me on day three when I was working out. I have to follow through on the other side. And that's what I'm telling you about with building communities. Does that make sense?
0: Totally makes sense. This is why the stats just even on the podcast, since this is the platform that we're on, 80% of podcasters give up after three episodes. Today I was in the on a, in a work meeting with one of my team members, and we, we were talking about this podcast and how much work goes into it. You know, I make no money from it. I don't. I don't want to monetize off of it. And she's like, "Well, why do you do it?" Because she wants me to get into this automated funnel where we've got like six in the can and we've already got them marketed in advance. I'm like, "It doesn't work that way for me." I'm like, "It's very organic. It's very natural. It's very in the moment." Like sometimes I'll swap things out, or I have to hop on the mic depending on what I'm up to. And she's like, "Well, why do you even do it?" Because so much work out of everything that you do with no return. I'm like, this podcast has given me everything. Like it's how I got connected to Dave Asprey in the Bulletproof Conference. Anyway, the point is, is that I show up every single week without fail, right? And the reason why that consistency matters the most is because I know it's a long-term game. And so, so many people have the disposable mentality right now. And I love what you said before we hit record when you're like, gosh, if there was one thing that you would really want to double down on, it's like the patience required for building communities and being really mindful in marketing. It's the legacy that you want to leave. It's not like instantaneous gratification. And I love that about you because you are in this for the long haul. So yeah, consistency is absolutely key, and people give up so fast if they don't get x amount of likes or views or comments. It's like, who cares? Are you doing it to serve and to give? Or are you doing this for what you're trying to get from it?
1: Totally. And right? that monetization discussion is an interesting one. What is monetization? Right. What is it? Is it like money that's showing
0: up? No.
1: It's opportunities. Like for me, I got opportunities. I get like I got opportunities like to to work that was paid work. You know. So for me, it's like. It could be anything. It could just be another opportunity to connect with someone else. You don't know where this daisy chain of events goes. It's like this conversation that you and I are having might introduce us to something else that's going on. I don't know. It's, all that matters is that we're focused on trying to share and give value to help people further their lives and make it better. And when we do that, what's true to what we know and what we know best and our talents that are unique to us. We're forming a new, this conversation is like its own unique conversation direction that no one else could have. Just the two of us. Totally. Right? And just like you're, like we we're talking before about everyone has their own lane. And I think the one thing that I think is a, a really important distinction is some people will do communities and there's a difference between creating a community of something of passion. I'm talking about creating communities that I'm kind of integrating in with my life. These are communities of passion, no question, but I'll give you another example. I started another community called yogi.eco.
0: Yogi.ego? Eco.
1: Eco. So, I, 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 think I, I buy a lot of the dot eco names because I believe that's the future where marketing is going. It's a great URL that sort of describes totally. a commitment to the. the so, the, it's basically you know,
0: like the green yogi.
1: Kind of, but it's not just about the planet, the green, it's not just about green planet, it's also ecosystem. Because yes, my whole. Got it. Everything I'm doing is about a marketing ecosystem. So, I'm talking about ecosystem, right? Like, even some of the concepts I'm doing is talking about how nature is, can replicate how you need to build your business. Like, think about the word growth. Mm-hmm. If you're focused on growth, how do you grow things? You can't throw a seed down and expect something to give you a result. You got to water. You got to give it time. You have to be patient. That's why I say my quote is like, you know, the ultimate growth hack is patience. Most people that. have patience, you know? So if you really want to build a tree, you need to build the root. So you just, to me, it's like taking the time it needs to follow through and make that happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So yogi.eco.
1: Okay. So yogi.eco. Sorry. I no, it's okay. So, I love this. So I built that thing. I just built it because I love yoga. And at and the same time, you know, it's, so talk about, you know, I also have the largest community in the world around yoga and surf camps. So I combine. So I'm showing you the segue. I have surfing, and I know there's surf camps and yoga camps. They happen to work together. I just kind of migrated over here and did this. It happens so fast. I'm the biggest thing since sliced bread in that category. If you're in that category, go on Facebook. If you have a surf camp, post it there. I'll share it. And I just do it for free. I don't mind. Wow. But the nice now, thing do you do it, this
0: yourself, or do you have a team that's doing this?
1: No, I have a process. So that's the thing. That's part of what my book is about is how do you build ecosystems and scale this stuff. It's, yeah. You don't have to knock yourself out to doing it. But at the same time, there's a counterbalance, which is there's so much automation and so much like even in, in advertising, there's so much pro- programmatic advertising stuff is dehumanized. Mm-hmm. I'm still about the human-human marketing. That's why I love your live video thing. Yeah. It's human-human. Right. And so there, I still have this process where it requires me to be hands-on and, and really authentically there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things you can do to make your life a lot easier. And that's remember you and know, I had that conversation at UPW about video, about yeah. scaling video. If people have the processes down on how they manage video, how they categorize them, they can scale and do more faster. Totally. It's all about organizing. It's process. It's like kind of like if you're gonna do things in batches. It's a simple concept, but you know that's what I'm doing with my podcast. Right now I've only done my background episode. I'm basically batching all of the episodes and then I'm going to go in and I've got all this amazing content that's going to activate all the episodes that I'm doing, but I'm going to do it all in one batch instead of doing it iteratively, like sort of like as a one-off basis. Now that's a different process. It's, I think that there's something to be said for just getting out there and getting moving. 100% yes. I did, I'm just going about it in this particular podcast case differently, but I've done it exactly that way. So I'm just, a lot of things that I do are because I'm trying to test and try new things too. I'm because you're about
0: disrupting it. marketing. I love yeah. that. Now, you and I, we had a conversation right before you took off to London UPW, and I was about to go do the biohacking conference. And we were so excited about this conversation. We've both been looking forward to it. But you said something around the future of marketing and community and really personalizing marketing and making it more one-on-one. You said something to the effect of, it's going to take more time, i.e. require more patience, but this is where we're headed. And it seems counterintuitive. I'm putting some words in your mouth because it's kind of goes back to old school, but yet this is what is bubbling up. You said, and it's going to disrupt marketing completely. Can we talk about that for a moment? Because that's what really lights me up is going back to not looking at an email list, like a list. These are humans. These, this is a community that trusts you with content. And so I just, I love this whole concept.
1: So are we talking about the, like sort of the mindful component? Are we talking about the the I was talking about personalization because we've had so many conversations now. That's so, true. Yeah. So like personalization has been my background. I started in personalization when I was in my early 20s. That's when the dot-com boom was happening. And I actually founded the Personalization Industry Consortium.
0: Industry so, Consortium. What does that mean?
1: So this is another example of community. So what I did was I started a community around personalization. It was an advocacy group that we actually followed with the FTC so we could have the industry self-regulate. The reason being is at that time, tension, tension creates great opportunity. The tension was privacy, right? People at that time were like, oh my gosh, like it was like nothing like now where privacy was such a lightning rod and and these, these personalization engines. So Amazon was, would be what's called relational databases. It would take implicit, explicit information, what you say, and then the books that you're looking at go, and they make this magical, automagically sort of recommend this new book. And you're like, how did you know that's such a great book? That's the only form of AI. That's where it's going now. Yeah. So what. So basically, this is where it's come full circle, and I'm going to have a guest on my podcast. I'm recording in two weeks with Joe Pine, who I think it was Forbes magazine, Top 10 Minds in Business. He's written many amazing books. One's called Authenticity, The Experience Economy, and he's a brilliant man. And he's writing a book about this, or he's got a white paper. I just read it, and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So is the cool. a of customers on a personal level. So I want, to, I want to not go into that discussion, but basically, what we're talking about is using technology and processes, not because you're trying to automatically reach more people and create automation engines. That's impersonal. It's using these technologies. This is probably, I'm going to just like simplify this. If you're looking at listening to this podcast and you're going, you know, I see all these tools out there and I want to use them. Ask yourself this very simple question. Are you using it because you want to just not do any work? And you just want to just like reach a ton of people, or do you want to do it so that you can spend your best time on adding a more human experience to your customers? That is what I'm talking about: is using the automation to increase processes, but not to dehumanize your communications. Does that make sense? And I think that's where AI should go, and that's where I think that while well, this this whole this this is where I'm headed, is I think these tools are wonderful, but they're also terrible when you just go. You see, you've ever seen social media feeds where you're going. This thing's like a manufactured feed. Like you're just like, it doesn't feel real, but it's beautiful. That I think is people are seeing through their bullshit meter is, is like they see through that a thousand they, percent, thousand percent. So I think that that is where to a certain extent, you're managing it and using it to your ability, but stop at the point when you're not putting yourself there and your human interaction there and stuff like that.
0: That's why I am, as you know, a massive advocate for live video, because you can't, you can't, can't hide. hide behind. Exactly. A perfectly produced script, bullet points, you know, composition of video production, like, and you know all about video production, but when you come on live and you let it rip in real time and people get to see that authenticity and they get a sense of your energy and who you really are for better and for growth, because <laughs> there's no worse, right? You can't fuck up. I mean, you just being yourself, but That's where, I mean, that's where I think we're headed and that's why I love it so much. So speaking to your point, because we talk a lot on this podcast about communities, right? And that's what you're the king of. And you don't look at it as like financial monetization, but a value exchange and how can you truly serve? But what if you came on and you, you know, you thought about building the community which is what you're really suggesting, really nurturing that community and allowing that seed to be planted in the creative process to flourish and not being in a rush long-term. You automated something so that you didn't have to be mired down with like the mechanics of, you know, emails and registrations or whatever for the next, you know, thing. But then you came on and you just let yourself rip in a live video and you didn't try to create content. You just documented cool things that you're up to. Like you being at UPW last weekend in London, you know, or on some cool new heli skiing trip that you're doing or whatever, right? Just behind the scenes or taking it real time. That's what people love. They want access to our humanity. That's what people want. We're starving for connection. Would you agree?
1: We are. We are. The one thing to consider is that some people don't have that, maybe that content ready that they want to share that yet. And they, so you still can build a community without having to put yourself completely out there. And I'm probably a <laughs> master of that, right? Because I haven't done what you're ta- describing. But you're I'm going
0: gonna, to. Like how to hide
1: behind a community, baby. Is probably what my master of. But, you know, like, for example, going back to the yogi thing, I actually got two yoga clients from that. They actually saw my feed. They reached me and said, I want to work with you. You're obviously connected to the script. I'm like, I didn't ask for that; those leads that came to me. So right. that's how you monetize. Sometimes is you just like, and then I think about it, in my particular case, it was it was it was like cyclical. I had a client in yoga. I helped them with their marketing. Guess what? I had a community that I could put their content into. It was like free advertising. So it's like, to anyone that works with me, you work with me. Like, look how many times I'm sharing your stuff. I mean, I can like people's content up like a Christmas tree. So you know, to me, that is of huge value. Be a person that's focused on how can I bring value. How does this community? bring value and connect it to people that I want to connect and help with. Do you know what I mean? Like that to me is where you could really do a lot of good, you know? So, I love it.
0: And I love that you look at it and, and you really are the man of patience, you know, because so many of us are just in a hurry. I'll never forget. And I shared this last night In we launched a new mastermind and I'll just share a quick, real quick story. I remember reaching out to Lewis house, right? A top 100 podcaster, you know, an eight figure well, earner this. lifestyle entrepreneur. Right you know, he had, he'd helped me with a few things. He was always available. And you could slide into that guy's DMs, by the way, y'all, if you've got the cones, And, uh, and I said, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. You've been really helpful in guiding me, but if you ever, I'm looking for great guests. If you ever have people that, you know, you think would be right for my show, let me know. And he had the greatest response. He was like, I suggest that you start with people that you already know and you know them well. And go deep and narrow there, and it will grow. And it reminded me, and that was last like February, guys. So it's been over a year now. But, and he was right. I wanted what he built over five years' time within three months, right? Instead of just doing the work, you know, showing up and doing the work and being patient and allowing it to grow and trusting in the process that the bigger guest or the more influential guest or whatever the value would be there if I just continued to be consistent and show up and do the work. And people want to skip that part. And they want to rush in and spend 50 grand or 100 grand in Facebook ads. It's like, that is the the work. no And it won't work. It's I, a house of cards.
1: Think of it as a groundswell. I mean, that's why groundswell marketing exists. It's like the Just, we were By the way, about- you
0: guys don't know this yet, but that's the name of the podcast that Scott's about to launch. And so it's coming out and we'll make sure that we cross promote here. But anyway, yeah, it's groundswell.
1: So I was saying, this is a slightly modeled not after Tony Robbins, right? So you look at Tony Robbins, everybody looks at him and goes, oh my gosh, he's massive. Well, Tony will tell you that, you know, he has had many talking years of having 30 people or less in his talks. like
0: 41 years of experience that looks right. like an overnight success. People are like, I want that. 41 years later.
1: So Here's a really interesting content. So I'm looking at his, his I'm writing a book called Grounds Marketing, Sustainable Growth Marketing. And it's like, to me, that's probably the essence of what I'm, I feel like I have a unique perspective on, which is mm. how do you do this thing sustainably? And it's also based on market conditions, your audience, and also your resources, right? Some yeah. things aren't sustainable. Like if you go and buy a bunch of ads, it's not sustainable. You know, and maybe it is if you've got an endless amount of money, but if you do the ROI and the total acquisition cost, maybe it's, it's probably not. It's and not. if you look at, at where the, the right now, Facebook and Instagram stuff, the ad rates that are for most businesses, they're somewhat affordable. They're going to change. And when they do, can you still continue to do this? What are you doing to prepare yourself for the future? Right. What are you doing to make sure that you are your own channel, not reliant on these platforms? And that's probably what I my, what I feel my calling is to help entrepreneurs gain control of their marketing spend, to scale themselves and, and for and be an advocate for the business owners so that they know how to build their businesses. Because they outsource so much of their work and stuff that when they leave, they're kind of left going Case in point, I've heard someone recently, you know, is, is, you know, challenged with, you know, changes when a business is changed with, with the support and you don't have things sustainably in place, it's very disruptive. So totally. to me, that's probably what I'm, I'm trying to help advocate is thinking ahead. And the, I remember we talked earlier and I'll say it again is that the quote that I love, it's an Arabic quote, it says, dig a well before you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. So my saying is build an audience before you need it. So if you're a person that's in business and you're, and you're working with Michelle or you're building your business and you you're have a job, but you're trying to build your, your side hustle, or even if you're an entrepreneur and you have like an existing audience that you're servicing and that you know it can't get much bigger, but you know you want to do maybe a new offering, build the audience, build a tribe, build a community before you need it and test it because you're going to get feedback. Like I learned
0: so, true. so much
1: on my, my communities, on the yoga one. I know which hashtags are working. I know who the influences are. And oh, interestingly enough, I'm sharing their content. They know who I am yep. I can tell you right now. Every surf artist in the surfing community knows who I am. Mm. And you know what? I love it. Cause they're amazing people. There's these people are so beautiful, like make oh. such great art. And it's like, I love it. Like I, there's nothing I enjoy more. My favorite thing to do in the world is to just share their art because I just love it anyways. Like, so how can you not like that? Like to me, it's like, if you're doing something that you love anyways, and you, you're an entrepreneur that's got a business and you want to be in this business in the future, why not do something? It doesn't mean you have to build an offering around it. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying you can still do it. And that gives you some feedback. And think of that as your research project. Yes. Think of that as your connection. Think of it as getting a lay of the land. And then good news, you want to launch your product? You got people you want to talk to. That's right. So and then...
0: Right. And then you can reverse engineer that, by the way. And when you're thinking about building a community that you want to genuinely serve, right, you want to give to more than you want to ask from, start to curate that community to the ideal client avatar, right? So you didn't necessarily know that's what you were doing when you first got started with like the cat skiing
1: that was, yeah, that, that was like a way to call it? A happy accident. Right.
0: Like, but then you started uh, to reverse engineer. So it's like, you know, when I knew that I was, I wanted to build a community around video and I really wanted to help liberate people and get them into real live videos. I was like, ooh, let's get everyone doing a Facebook live challenge. And so now there's like 1,200 people and, you know, eight weeks time and I've never marketed that and it will just continue to grow and it's changing lives in there. And so will some of those people maybe migrate into some of my courses? Yeah, it's already happened. About 20 of them came into the mastermind last night. And that's just awesome. But I give, 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 ask, give, 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 ask, you know, but the community is the ideal client avatar. So, and, and maybe that's not exactly what you did in the beginning, but it's how you would probably suggest people think about it for going forward.
1: Yeah, that was I stumbled on that. This, I, just, I stumbled on it, then I remodeled it, and I keep perfecting it. So that's kind of... And sometimes you get that because you're experimenting. Don't be afraid to experiment. This stuff's not going to blow up. Like right. That's why when people say, they go, well, my clients are on Instagram. Well, what happens when Instagram's algorithm is as crappy as Facebook's, which is going to happen, mm-hmm. then what? If you weren't sort of thinking ahead, then you're not preparing yourself to the inevitable shift. Why is Gary Vaynerchuk talking about LinkedIn? Because he's over the other channels but probably because he's oversaturated in the other channels too. So, you know, he's, he's always a bit of ahead of the curve. But if you really think about not just communities as being a, a community, think of it as also being in the individual channels and people react and interact in these different channels in very different ways. For example, I've got tons of communities in Pinterest, no surprise. They're not growing right now because I'm not putting any time into it. But I think they're going to explode because they just, did a, uh, they just announced a change where you can actually do group shares and then tag people, and then they can actually come to the group, which to me is like an accelerant. So when you look at what happened with Facebook groups, you used to be able to invite people, and they automatically got put in. Amazing, right? right. Now you have to invite them. They can't automatically you have to accept it. So, for example, I used to have communities that were 40,000, 50,000 person communities, and then Facebook goes, oh, yeah, if they haven't interacted in your community, they're leaving. I don't know if, I don't know if you heard about this, but a bunch yes, of people yes. lost so my, you know, a bunch of them went down. There's some that just, they, like my biggest ones, like surf art and yoga, they were really active people. That I didn't lose anything. So really think differently about experimenting and trying these different channels as well, because you don't know where your customer going to be. And sometimes talking in different channels gives you ideas and stuff. Like you just kind of, that's probably another thing. It's just experiment.
0: I agree it. and it's like I really I, I get crickets over on Instagram. I get 99.9% of everything in Facebook in terms of the six figure side hustle that I created last year and that I'll double this year. I can't get anything. I can barely even get a comment over on Instagram, right? But LinkedIn, I'm just beginning to like carve out a little engagement there. And with LinkedIn doing the live videos, I mean, I'm all over it and I think you and I are going to figure out a way to do something there even quick more quickly. But you were mentioning before that Pinterest, you think like Pinterest is like the next big thing, which seems so counterintuitive to me because I'm like, Pinterest, do people even still go on that thing? Like, I'm like, what? I have a Pinterest account and I love my boards, but I never go on there because I can't interact. So you're saying all that's changing. Think of
1: every social channel as a different soil type and Mm. each soil type has also in these and they're in different they're in different areas where rain falls differently and things grow differently. Like stuff in Hawaii grows differently than it does in Canada or whatever. Right. right? So right. it's just like so they all have their own little sort of growth thing. So with Pinterest, what's different about Pinterest, unlike any other channels, is I look at one of my biggest topics is content activation. So right now what probably some of the stats that I think are going to blow people away is do you know where most smart marketers are spending their money? Not on advertising on content what's called content activation. So, for every dollar you spend on content, you probably need to spend $3 on activating that content. Case in point, when people make content like on Instagram, it's like you make a piece of content and it's not activating because the algorithm doesn't like you. Plus, sometimes you need to just like you need to do other things to activate content. So, I teach on how to activate your video content or any content you want in different ways. And I'll give you an example. I'm going to come back to Pinterest. If you're making a piece of content and say a video, what I started doing with Scheme, I had very limited content I could work with because right. we had really tight timelines you know the conditions weren't there the athletes you know it's so i had to i had to make with this little piece of content i had to slice and dice it into 20 different ways to make it new content it's called recycling so then when you have the content out there you want to go how do i activate it so the way you can activate is if you have different channels you can sometimes go and i call cross migration content activation or cross migration subscription which is if you have a piece, this is my advice to you on your, on your Instagram or on your Facebook group is go, hey, I'm doing a quick Instagram live, but it's only on Instagram. So then you're going to get people that you're already existing. You're already talking to the existing group. You're moving them there, but that'll create momentum and it'll move them over there, That's right? And what you're doing is you create reasons to be in different spots. So going back to Pinterest. So Instagram, the lifespan of a piece of content on, on Instagram is, and is it really that tangible? When someone likes something, they're thumbing quickly. Are they really absorbing it? -mm. Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. Facebook could be similar, slightly different, right? But Pinterest, what happens on Pinterest? It's about discovery. It's the number one platform for people putting into buckets, going, I want to either purchase or consider, or when I want to think about something, like I want to think about mindful marketing. I create a bucket for it. I can go there, and I mean, I'm able to kind of like get my head around it because people do what's called saving. They kind of grab content for later, and they they kind of accumulate. They're like like content hoarders. Well, if they're hoarding content, they're not trying to just like make it flow through them. They're trying to collect content to do something with it or think about. The second thing is with each piece of content on Pinterest, it actually can directly and uniquely be mapped back to a particular URL. Unlike Instagram, which you only got one URL. The reason you're getting more traction on Facebook is you can activate content through the feed where Instagram is really limiting. So I noticed you had a link tree and that's a really smart thing to do for a lot of people. There's um, a new app that I'll share with you soon that i'm working with i don't want to announce yet but i'm going to be on their board and they're going to be a linkedin times 10 and it's just to describe what the content's going to do is you're going to be able to go into a content like in instagram and if you have layered content like a photograph and then you could go into a video from that photograph that tells you about you know if you had like an offering and stuff so it can go there no way. and that's part of content activation what most people view when they're making a video is they go i'm making a video and that's all i put up Well, think about this. What if you screen grabbed a couple of those images, posted them intermittently, because people might have missed that video, and go and remind them that that video exists over here. That's a way of activating without spending any money. Okay, I have
0: an idea. I just thought of it because I was like, wait, how in the world do I activate? And I know so many of my listeners are thinking the same. So I'll I'll share an idea that just came to me two days ago. So I have this Facebook Live Challenge group, right? and it's closed. So you can only see what's going on in there if you're a member. I'm about to launch my first digital course, as you know, on Video Mastery in early June. And I did some Q&As, some exclusive Q&As with people who are like high six or low seven figure earners that built their business solely off of Facebook live videos, right? So like, how'd you get started, all that stuff. So as I am beginning to think about my webinar, to promote and to close out my first digital course. I'm like, what could be some bonuses, something exclusive to this group? And I was like, ah, these Q and A's. So am I activating those Q and A's that are on video, putting them into the webinar? Is that, would that be called an activation?
1: So you're putting it in the webinar. Is it, is it publicly available? Is it, it's like when I It'll be actually,
0: part of the course. Excuse me. I'll pitch it in the webinar. But as part of the digital course, not only do you get my content that takes you through how to convert viewers to clients, but you'll also get all these bonus, which is sit down Q&As, deep dives in how they built their high six figure, low seven figure businesses off of live video.
1: Yeah, I think that that's an internal one. I never thought uh, of it that way. It's uh, like you're kind of in a closed loop. What I'm talking about is, is actually using content activation as a way of advertising. It's like oh, a way of... Oh, got it. Yes. So as I think of for example when I started which was something I changed for the whole heli skiing industry because we had so limited amount of seats I had a filmer who also was a photographer so we take photos and video where all the other film crews I can, I got the best slots because they showed up going we only film and they go well Scott's crew does photos and video seems like a better deal well the cool thing about it is if i had a photo, if i had a video sorry I could take like a, 10 different photos that can be published different times and I link them to, the, to watch the video. That's a photo from the video, right? Right. That's a way of kind of looking at how can you naturally create content in all the things that you do and you, and you really sort of brush it up against your hero content. So your hero content is what I call tent, tent pole content.
0: Tent pole? Yeah.
1: Like, it, like you okay. know, at the very top of a tent, it like holds up all the rest of the content. All this
0: outdoorsy so, talk. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, well,
1: well, Walt Disney does this, right? Like they're big blockbusters kind of hold up all the different other ones yes. that they do. Or if you look at Tony Robbins, his tentpole are the events and they activate content or they activate sales. Absolutely. through the. So those are the tentpole. and His mega tentpole is I'm not your guru. Of so course. he's basically doing total sustainable marketing because if you look at, you don't have the, uh, maybe the budget this is a way of being scaling yourself. You don't have the budget to create this really overproduced, you know, hero piece of content. Maybe just think about doing one and then doing all your other content, that's sort of like under that. And then you just kind of, then you kind of give yourself a break from trying to put too much pressure on yourself because I think people are too hard on themselves. I mean, they really are. I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I would see what prevents people from doing a live video course is they're too hard on themselves because they don't believe that they have a voice of what they can say. And they're probably like, I'm talking from my own voice, by the way, because this is how I am with doing it live. Just live is, I think, really like, scary. But I Until I it's it. not.
0: And, it, and it, it's not scary once you just do it.
1: Totally. Tells Just like something. anything
0: in life. The idea yeah. of jumping out of a helicopter to go skiing in the backwoods, that's like so much scarier than live video. But you see what I mean? Until it's not.
1: I think the part of it is because I feel like, you know, it's live, you can, you know, the chance of being a mistake, but I get over it really quick. I'm, I'm being a little bit lighthearted. I'm not as quite as afraid of it as, as I'm kind of making it. But up.
0: I think the average person is, and this is why so many people are just scared out of their minds. I mean, I asked a question, uh, you know, for anyone who wanted to join the, the Facebook Live Challenge, and they didn't have to answer it, but many did, 70%, I'd say. And it was, why do you want to join the challenge? And the number one answer, like by 90% was, is because I finally want to allow myself to be seen. I want to build up the confidence to allow myself to be seen. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, you know, this yeah, is really striking the chord, isn't that it?
1: its such an interesting comment. Because so I'm, I'm, I think that so many people are playing small. Yep. And, they, and I'm, this is me. I'm talking to me. I'm, this I is know. Me. And I'm breaking through this shit right now. Sorry to say yes. like that. Um, right now with UPW because I'm, I'm like no longer playing small. Good for and you. that's why I'm like, I take life. I'm like, let's do this stuff. Because that's to me, right. it's like, now is the time. And just like playing small, like with building a community or trying different channels, don't play small. If you think, if you, so this is a really, that thing is such a great linkage here because Mm. if you think of what I'm talking about with sustainable market, but why being different channels and you don't believe that you're going to be there, think of this. What would you do if you were 10X the size of the company you were right now? Would you be in Pinterest? You're thinking of a small business. Hmm. Don't think of yourself as a small business. If you're, if you want to be perceived as a big business, if you're in every possible social channel, You know, not saying you have to be super active in that, but I mean, like going and making sure that you've addressed those, like have a sandbox, like have just go and secure them. That's another way of kind of making yourself feel more comfortable, confident, and almost like make yourself bigger. Right. Like it's only a small piece of the puzzle, but to me, it's like, it's something to say about thinking big, being big and being big and honest with yourself. Like just do this stuff. I love
0: that. I love that. I love that you are breaking through it in real time. Okay, we are going to wrap up actually pretty shortly. I want to ask you a couple things that I ask all my guests. What are you you mentioned that you're on this quest to lose weight and you're breaking free and like you're, you know, you're going big. What are some of those rituals and routines that you've implemented in your life recently that's making a, making an impact?
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, my my big superpower meditation. I, I started that. I've been meditating some intermittently, but not consistently. Mm-hmm. So I'm, one of my clients is Master Co. He's an energy healer, and I've done a lot of his sort of energy work and seen it. I've done his courses. because I had to understand his business before I could help do his brand and stuff. And I never really felt the energy. I never felt it in my hands and stuff. And I just and, and my guy's guy, I'm like I'm, I'm like I guess I having <laughs> a bit of this like well, going for real, like really, like I'm always a little bit skeptical and stuff. And and when I made the decision at the UPW in LA, was like I was going to commit to Tony Robbins priming.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: going kind of, and I also got coaching. So it's like, what am I grateful for? What are my three things to thrive? Like, what am I going to focus on going for and do that consistently? And then I added my own component to it, which was at the Tony Robbins did this financial summit. he had this amazing song that he did this really long meditation to. And I, mm-hmm. and I thought of what it was and I decided to make and in my own, this is just me. I'm always trying to create my own little thing. And I created my own sort of like additional meditation at the end. And it's all about me doing creative thinking. Mm. So basically, because I'm 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 on this quest of like trying to figure out what mindful marketing could be. And what it is is I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of going, how can I ask the universe to give me the most creative, most sharp-minded, interesting ideas to either for creative design or creative thinking or for marketing? It's very specific. I'm asking these questions to. So after I've done my meditation, my priming, that's what I'm doing every single day. So I've done it for 30 days up until or whatever it was between the, the two UPWs. I go to UPW and Masterco does his energy thing and i not only I, I like i'm full on could feel the feel the energy and
0: this is the second UPW like a month later so you were at yeah. LA and then a month later you go to London which was just last week and for anyone listening in real time it's the middle of april yeah
1: right so to me i'm a bit evidence based right like i like to see evidence i like to feel tangible evidence things and so to me The things that I experienced during his meditation there, which I described, which was, you know, like when you're the hard long conversation about like, you know, sort of seeing a light above you and just feeling the energy was a direct result of the fact that I've actually been doing this consistently. And that just broke through for me where I'm going, I need to step this game up in terms of visualization, self-talk and language. And using that towards how I can market better and bring more value to my customers. So that. that's where I'm kind of using this, this sort of this new routine and ritual, if you will, is really start my morning with that. I wake up at five 15. That's when I start that. It's nice and dark. No one's bugging me. And I can just kind of like get rolling with that. And then I'm in my mindset. I leave there and I go to Starbucks usually. And that's when I do my best creative writing for my clients. And now, cause I want to show up for my clients with a fresh mind and, and have the best possible creative ideas and that's where I do all my creative thinking. That way, my best time during the week or during the day can be like interactions like this, mm-hmm. where I can just really know that I always have that time every day to do that piece. The second piece that you asked my rituals was that I've reprioritized. Like I used to say to myself, that the story I told myself was that I'm too busy for working out. Mm-hmm. Or I would say, no, no, I made it a priority. I'd lie to myself, but it wasn't, it was the last priority. So if someone called me, for a product of like to do this podcast, for example, like if you had called me, I, if this was during my yoga schedule that I have in the week, this would have been a no.
0: I got gotcha.
1: this really cool sort of saying from another entrepreneur: "If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no." And That's I had right. to make it a fuck yes, so I just basically, if when combining those two things, I lost eight pounds. That's um, awesome. Around, you know, and I'm I'm on this journey. I met Nikki Sharp, who's a an incredible yoga influencer and stuff, and she's a platter uh, with Tony Robbins. And she's going to be my personal coach and I'm going to help her with her stuff as well. I'm going to be on her podcast next week and I'm super pumped about just really modeling and working with other people. And I just encourage you, if you're listening to this, is going, part of being part of these masterminds or listening to this podcast, if you're, you're kind of intermittently doing it, if you do it consistently and you kind of have someone alongside with you, you will be blown away at how fast these little, you just think of it as I went to UPW, I've been to like six and someone asked me, why are you going to so many? I'm going, if I pick up one nugget it's worth it. And this oh. last UPW was my sixth. And you think I would got the least out of it? I think I got the most out of this.
0: I last. love that. I just got the chills. Every si- I've been to four UPWs and two Date with Destinies and a Business Mastery. And I'm going to my fifth UPW in Dallas. Will you be there?
1: I'll be there. And I'm going gonna- yeah. yeah, gonna- to
0: Awesome, and I remember what song was playing while the distinction was breaking through of every single UPW. Whether it was how to scale a business, have more love and connection with a, a family member, whatever it was, quit smoking after thirty years of being enslaved by some bullshit belief that I couldn't quit or I would gain fifty pounds if I did. I mean, I just I have distinctions where I'm like, oh my. God, that's why I keep coming back. So yes, fully immerse yourself, right? Showing up consistently, doing the work, taking that inspired action along along the way. But what I love that you're really saying that I'm hearing anyway, is that clearing your mind on a daily basis consistently so that you have access to integrate these distinctions and these ahas, right? Because if we just continue to go about our sort of busy day and we're so full and we can't just give ourselves the spaciousness and the expansiveness to receive, then it makes it nearly impossible to ever fully integrate, much less implement, right? So that's what you're allowing yourself to do is you have access because you're allowing that portal to be open.
1: And I, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming this from like a guy's guy perspective. Like that, for a lot of guys that might be hearing that, they're like, okay, I'm tapping the universe. They might not really connect with that. <laughs> like, here's how I connect with it in a different way. Is that yes. like, if I'm going to do my, my meditation. Like I actually probably... You probably won't be upset that it does, but I, I, I just recorded the priming and the, the gratitude. Yeah, and
0: don't share. say that. <laughs>
1: yeah. and I'm, I'm not I didn't advise anybody. it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not do, I'm, I'm not sharing with anybody. It's just for me. And yeah. the reason why, there's a reason, is I realized that there's an emotional connection to me remembering that moment that I was making an decisions. Anchor. And yes. it anchors me back to make sure that I am true to that. And so if you're, mm-hmm. one way to hack for most people, and that's think like guys maybe, is if you're listening to a song, it's a form of meditation, too. If you listen to a song, you know, I think I heard this from Tim Ferriss, is listen to a song and just leave it on repeat. So I have a couple songs, and I do that if I want to get into a creative state because it's a song that puts me into a certain state that I want to be in when I'm writing or if I'm thinking. And if you're going to do a warm-up to a podcast or a warm-up to do a live event, have a routine that puts you in a state of mind, whether it's a music song you play or or something you want to read to remind yourself, do something. And those little, those are micro routines. May not be a other routine, but it might be it's a routine to getting ready to write some creative. Maybe it's a routine to getting on your podcast. Or a doing a live
0: write. video. Yeah. yeah
1: like, those are the things that actually, I think, make you feel, have that sort of confidence going right into it, that you're going to really bring your true self out instead of it being at the end of the video, instead of the beginning of the video.
0: Totally so I agree. Think a lot of people, they,
1: they kind of warm up at the end. You know what I mean? is that how do you get there right at the first moment? And then maybe I love that's,
0: that. So setting yourself up for that by anchoring back to a moment when you were fully lit up and alive. Totally, And then yeah. you start from there and then you can only go up from there. I for love me, that.
1: If I, anything I want to do, I can just listen to Tears for Fear" shout because Tony always plays that at a certain moment in the event and I listen to that and I'm like, I'm bursting. I'm like, let's do this.
0: Let's I love that song. I know that's after the Dickens yeah. process. I know. So, yeah. I know yeah. when he plays that song.
1: After, I'm ready to rock after that. I'm like, <laughs> so. Good. So if I go um, into a meeting, if I'm doing something, I listen to that song, and it just puts me in state, and I'm ready to roll.
0: I love that. For me lately, it's been C as unstoppable. It's been about a year. They even had that. I didn't even choose it. They chose it for me to come out. Every time I came out the stage to MC that for the three days of the Bulletproof Biohacking Upgrade Labs Conference, the longest name. Next year, it'll just be biohacking. But anyway, um, they played unstoppable. It was so awesome.
1: You was know, really cool. I was watching your journey live, so sort to of speak, uh, as you were posting stuff. And it just looks so phenomenal. I'm just so impressed with your journey. Like you've, you know, I think that, you know, the one thing that is really great about you is that you really do bring it back to the, to the sort of like the honest truth, because some people could look at the surface and go, I can't, I, you're, you're already there. You already succeeded and stuff. And I think most people, the, the more I'm getting around these really successful people, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Like we do, they have the same sort of fears and they have the same daily challenges they're just pushing forward without evidence of it being there and they that now they got more evidence that's all they got right it's yeah. still the same thing you know and what
0: i love so, about the live video and thank you for that is i was inspired by some of my mentors by sharing in real time when you're afraid or when you're like i shared in a real in a live video on face in my facebook live challenge group dressed bags packed, ready to get into my car and drive across to Beverly Hills to go to the hotel to MC the event, that I was scared and that I took something on that was too big, too soon, too many world leaders. I was like, oh my God, what, am I, what have I done? And I was playing small for a moment, but I was allowing myself to be you know, radically human and sharing that moment and just being like, hey guys, I know better than this. I know I'm gonna get out there and rock it, but right now I'm feeling really scared. So I wanted to come on and share it with you. Just send me some love. Just like, send me some vibes because I need it right now and I'm going to take you with me. Makes me want to cry even thinking about it. So I got to share it back with them, right? And so then the next day when I'm like, I can't even remember or relate to that girl who was feeling so small and now I'm feeling all my glory. I'm like, thank you guys. You helped me get here. Like, you reminded me of who I really am. And that's the stuff that I think people really want to experience is that they're part, we're all part of each other's journey. Right. Like when you share my stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, he's, he's on my journey with me when I'm here with you and we're having this conversation. And, and I know the lives that you're going to change with your podcast, your book, your mission, I get to be part of your journey and bear witness to that. What an honor, right? What an honor. And then when I get to see you at a live Tony Robbins event, you know, and you're up there in the swanky front row as a platinum partner, and you're acting like it's the same as being in general admission, that just makes you so cool to me. You know, anyway, I just adore you, man. And I'm so excited for what you're up to in the world. We're going to wrap it up with one final question, but we're going to have to have you back and we're going to just have a, we're going to 2.0 conversation. I started this podcast because I wanted more people to experience a deeper fulfillment, right? Tony talks about all the time. People got the science of success down, but that art of fulfillment. Wow. It's, it's so elusive. How do you define fulfillment? I
1: knew you were gonna ask this because I listened to most of your podcasts. And <laughs> the good news is I didn't have to really build it. It's actually from David with Destiny. I, I know I kind of really had to reconstruct that. But for me, it's when I'm moving when I'm moving in the direction that's congruent with my values. And that could be doesn't have to be future self, it's like being present. So as long as I'm congruent with my values, I feel fulfillment. Even if like sometimes like if you think back when you're younger. You think that you had different values and you probably would go, was I really fulfilled? But if at the time that was your values and you can look back at those were special moments, that's being fulfilled. It doesn't mean that you were unfulfilled because your thought of what fulfillment was has changed. It's like being honest with yourself that you're going to constantly evolve. And so as long as you're moving, you're congruent with those values and you always feel unfulfilled when you're moving against those values. I feel anyways, that's just my take on it.
0: I think that's such an amazing answer. And you just reminded me of what some of my top values are. Now, we're privileged enough to have an unpacking of that, right? Not everyone understands what their values are, or certainly in the order or sequence that we've been taught to do at Date With Destiny. But most of my listeners have been to Date With Destiny at this point. What are your top three values, if you don't mind sharing, currently?
1: Yeah, my current current top three values. One is living with gratitude. Mm. that's my 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 top value uh growth and i forget what my third is to be honest with you. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> okay growth and gratitude these are powerful
1: to what
0: more do you need you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah my top two you know um yeah, yeah i mean anyone that's listening that's been to 20 robbins event totally understands you know totally thing. and if you don't that's okay too like i think you can kind of relate to it a certain degree and maybe that'll encourage you to go to one of your events i hope that my goal one day is to actually be on 20 stage to be in his business mastery and bring value to people around marketing. Uh, Because I I believe that the way that he's... I just got the
0: chills. I think it's happening.
1: I think it is too. I I think that Way he's built his business is 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 like basically what my book's about, mm. and I feel like sharing the deconstructing sort of like the process and making it on scalable to an entrepreneur level and breaking that down and, and some of the methodologies that he already uses for all the different things he does is actually a marketing process in some ways. I've been like really diving deeper, and I'm like, oh man, I got to talk to Tony. Go, please let me, you know, help bring value to to people at the business mastery stage one day. So hopefully, well, let you-
0: me tell you how you get Tony's attention. Oh. You do the work and you spread the love, and you serve. And the more live videos that you do, my friend, the more people will see you. Do you know how I got my first invitation as a CIS guest? I was doing a live video. And one of Tony's top coaches saw it and she was like, we know you've been to the events, you're doing the work, you're putting it back out into the world to try to make a difference. We want to now gift you and have you be his guest. That's how I met the people from the Dave Asprey camp. Then that led to me emceeing. It led to Tony coming on my podcast, me being a testimonial on his website, all because I did a live video. So the more that you get out there, you just expose yourself and you share your gratitude for your growth right? And you do that publicly on behalf of what you're learning from Tony and to how it's changed your life. Now you want to help others. That is probably, in my opinion, the fastest way. No guarantees, but it is so easy.
1: That's where you're building a community. It's the same. It's the
0: same it's thing. all the same. Just and it's with like-minded, like-hearted souls.
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I connected from me doing the exact same thing, but I just did it through Instagram on a community called Tribe, right? It's so cool. cool. So, now I'm, so now you're giving me a real motivation and leverage leverage. Yeah, exactly. Leverage to do that. And I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. So when we, I need to get you on my podcast because there's so many things that I actually, like we originally were going to do back to back podcasts. And I think we were talking about blending this, but I definitely think we need to have you on because there's so many things that you're doing that I want to shine a light on that I think would be really helpful for people in terms of overall marketing. Your niche of live marketing is super important. And there's probably many ways that people don't understand how it can integrate in ways that people are not visualizing.
0: I I agree. And I probably don't even know those, those would all be like blind spots for me. Right. Because I don't think of myself as someone who markets. I don't even think of myself as someone who knows what I'm doing. I just do it. (laughs) There's
1: that. There's there's a huge growing need for people wanting to to see the, like almost like transparency of a business. And everybody always thinks, might be thinking that live sort of that is just for sales. And I think it's that's the, maybe one of the big areas, but I think there's a ton of other ways that that can be useful to really help impact your business. That People you want of. behind yeah, HR, like human resources. Oh, yeah. You know, like for people to go, because one of the biggest challenges for businesses is, is, is attracting and retaining quality people, you know? So if you can use live video as a way of really connecting with people to like, this is what Gary Vaynerchuk's doing. He, he, basically his whole platform is about, you don't think that that's because he's getting people to come, Like he's getting the best of the best to come work for him. What does he brag about? He brags about his number two person's company is his chief heart officer. She's Mm -hmm. lovely, by the way. She's amazing. I spent like an hour with her. And Mm -hmm. to me, that is like something to be mindful of is that, you know, it takes a people, it takes a tribe, it takes a community to make stuff happen. You know, and that's really what you're doing is trying to activate that.
0: Yeah. And it's the fastest way to go. Yeah, to collaborate. And I'm very excited about what we're going to do. Okay, so I'll come on your podcast. This one is going to come out next week. And you and I are going to continue our conversation with all kinds of fun stuff. But thank you so much, Scott, for your time. Give my love to your beautiful fiance, Jill. And I will definitely see you soon.
1: I'm so grateful. And thank you so much for having me
0: on. My pleasure. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.